Welcome back, creeps. <laughs> hey. How are you? I'm cold. You are cold. You are. I might be getting sick. Cold inside. My throat <laughs> feels funny and I'm really cold. So maybe I'm getting sick. Maybe. I hope we don't have COVID. Me too. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> we did pretty good uh, at avoiding it so far. So Yeah. Anyway, hope everybody's doing well. Yep. We had, um, yeah, we had a week. I don't, I don't know. Like, oh, actually, no, that's that's bullshit. We went up to Dallas last week. Yeah, that's we, what we did. We've actually been really busy. Yeah. Um, yeah. We we went up to Dallas for a family affair, which was turned out to be so much fun. Yeah, uh, it was necessary. Just needed to see some family who are doing the best so we went for moral support and we're we're gonna try to make it a regular thing at least once a month until things start to look a little brighter and turns out dallas is really nice yeah it is so who knows but uh yeah it was really cool chilling with your family that i didn't really know before yeah got some ghost stories out of them because you know mexicans yep yeah some good old-fashioned Mexican ghost stories. Yeah. Every, I feel like every Mexican has a ghost story if they're from Mexico, you know, or if they their grandma or grandpa, if they, they knew them. In, yeah. Yeah. If they, if they lived in Mexico, there's like, I feel like those stories are passed down a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's just from my experience. But yeah, other than that, I've just been listening to... I've been like force fed a lot of country music lately. <laughs> um, salamander porn. Salamander porn. No, <laughs> is this from that video that you sent me? Oh shit! Yeah. The guy who was pretending <laughs> to be a porn addict, and yeah, he was yeah. saying that he was into weird shit. Yep. But uh, yeah, no, learning all about how uh, big, strong cowboys are really just broken little boys on the inside and. All they want is a good woman to cook their meals for them. That's the general <laughs> gist of it. Like, yeah, literally. It sounds like it. The, yeah. the one song earlier on. I, so I've already told Dulce this because we were like, you know, live together. We live together. Yeah. Um, We're best friends. Yeah. We're just really good friends who live together. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, one song was all about like how the songs on the radio were all about the rain in different places. And then as soon, and then he just started singing different song titles. And then as soon as that song was over, one of the songs that he had just been singing about came on and it was about the rain in Georgia. And I thought that was interesting. And then another one was about uh, an old man telling his son like what to do. So the chorus of the song was like, save half your money, buy yourself a truck, literally. Oh, buy wow. Yourself, or, sorry, it was buy yourself a Ford or Chevy. Find a girl who's like a keeper and uh-huh. then work hard to keep her. Uh, yeah. Okay. That kind of sounds like uh, the Justin Timberlake song where he's talking to his kid and like, I guess the voice clips of his son are in the song. I wasn't like every time I hear it at work because they play it at work. I get freaked out <laughs> because I don't pay attention to the music. And next thing you know, I'm hearing like little children talking and laughing and i'm like this is unsettling (laughs) at the workplace 
Yeah. So, and then I'm like, oh, wait, it's that song from Justin Timberlake. Back when he did music. Back when he had to work for money. Well, he's an actor now. Anyway, we're getting off topic. Well, um, no, I, I think he just like worked and now he's like had enough. Oh, he's just chilling. Now he's just made enough to like live comfortably, I guess. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's the dream, right? Yeah. That's what I'll be doing one day. Not digging in the dirt in the hot Texas sun like mm-hmm. a, an old timey criminal. Well, from what I know, yeah. that's what Rihanna's done. Like she's already retired and she's yeah. like in her early 20s. She's Good like, I'm her. done with music. She Good. still has her makeup line. It's not her makeup line. She has like this percentage that she's in it. So she'll still make money off of that stuff and like her music, her residual. And then her movies, are, I guess, if they stream. But yeah. she's like set for life. She's just living her best life now. I'm sure Rihanna's not going to go go begging anytime soon. No, anyway. No way. Today we will be delving back into some more old school spooky yukis. This book that I read from a couple of weeks ago, Haunted Houses or Les Hontes Maisons, I think, by Camille Flammarion is just absolutely chock full of fucking solid gold, basically. It's like full of freaky shit and I just love it. So, firstly, we'll be going to France. Okay. Which is, I think, where the last one was. And then okay. maybe later, we'll be going to France. But firstly, France. Okay, let me get my beret and croissant. Yeah. Let's, uh, your little fucking... My accordion. Your accordion, yeah. Anyway. To a property located in the department of La Corrèze. Corrèze? Corrèze? Crazy. Um, <laughs> Which is in the district of Objat, or is the district of Objat or something. I don't know. I cannot understand France and its provinces. I've literally looked at maps for previous stories to do with France, just to see. If you can figure it out. It's so fucking confusing. So I think Objat is a town. Okay. Sick. So yeah, Objat. This account was originally published in 1896 in a book on... The Externalization of Motricity by Colonel de, de Rojas. So I, I, honestly, I don't know what that means. It was just a study of paranormal activity or like telekinesis or some shit. So the account is of the Fowler family and the strange happenings on their property. Madame Fowler, her 85-year-old mother-in-law and a 17-year-old servant girl named Marie Pascarel lived in the main house and... There was also a few farm workers, but I'm not too sure if they lived in the house or just on the property. The more I read, the more I think they did live on the property nearby, but they all ate in the house together or some shit. Okay. Madame Fowler was a well-respected and educated woman. Her mother-in-law, although 85, seemed to be totally compass mentis, and the author described Marie as, quote, rather thin and appearing delicate. She has a sleepwalking sister and her family are considered rather extraordinary people. Okay. Yeah. He also said, at the time of the occurrences described below, she had not arrived at a state of puberty. But she was 17. So, I know, like, you know, late bloomers and all that. But, like, back then, like, a single 17-year-old would have been, like, a spinster. She would have been, like, a woman about town. Like, maybe she had a medical hats. condition. Maybe. Maybe cause she was so thin. and like Yeah, it's possible. But either way, she had not reached womanhood 
or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Me- menses. <laughs> yes, Adam. That's what happens when you hit puberty. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Whatever it is, she didn't do it. Okay. okay. Whatever happens. All right. Didn't happen to her. <laughs> <laughs> what menses? <laughs> yeah. No, there's a fucking weirdo. Menarchy. That's the word I was trying to think <sighs> of. <laughs> anyway. The phenomenon in this particular case just started seemingly random and completely out of nowhere. Just a few weird knocks that seemed to be of no real significance. But then on the 21st of May, 1895, the mother-in-law, and that's all we ever know of her. like Mother-in-law. Mother-in-law or old Madame Bauer. Okay. She said it sounded like her bed actually hit the wall. So I don't know if like the bed jerked to the wall or something. Anyway. Okay. But it was significant enough that she noticed it and mentioned it to her daughter-in-law. And then the next day, she heard it, the exact same sound at the same time, 9 a.m. Random. But this time, Madame Fowler actually heard it too. Nothing the next day. But the day after this, they heard the noise again. And even louder this time. An hour later, Madame Fowler went into her own room and found all of the pillows, sheets, blankets thrown on the floor. This happened in another bedroom and then random shit just started showing up in places where it wasn't before, such as a statuette of the Virgin Mary and a coffee pot that had been filled to the brim. With what? Coffee. Oh, okay. Yeah, but it was in a press, like in a cupboard, which I still thought was like fucking weird. That is strange, yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's the coffee cupboard. It's just (laughs) full of like old cups of coffee. Gross. Full to the fucking brim, though. Maybe that's how they can like... Watch out for dinosaurs if the coffee starts to vibrate. I guess. Or maybe they're like preparing themselves for like the movie signs. You know how like all the cups were everywhere? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for the aliens. Um, <laughs> That shit was just placed in the middle of the kitchen floor. Okay. Beside a crucifix, which had been on the wall. All right. So weird, right? So God and coffee got it. Yeah. That's all, the, that's all that one needs in life. So, in the South, yeah. god sweet tea naturally they were freaked out and so madame mother-in-law and marie all bunked in together that night and all was calm okay nothing quote on the saturday morning three great blows were struck on the door of the attic the stairs leading up to it are closed by a door opening on the hall the fower ladies and their servants immediately went to the room the bed was in disorder and the coverings again on the floor. The coffee pot was broken. On leaving this room, they went to the kitchen, but they had barely got there when they heard a frightful commotion. They found three sugar bowls, a dozen cups, photograph frames, and engravings broken on the floor. No one was in the house other than the three ladies. Neighbors started to come over to try and offer like some sort of fucking... Moral Help support. or advice, yeah. Okay. And pretty much just to see if they could witness any of this stuff for themselves. Okay. Looky loose, got it. Yeah. And witness, they did. Okay. As the, like the one lady from next door and her son and her two servants, like, were just chilling in the kitchen. Uh-huh. And the Fower ladies and Marie were filling her in on everything that had happened when okay. a soup dish was thrown violently into the middle of the kitchen floor right in front of them. And they ran away scared. Naturally. Yeah. But like they all ran away. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. Fowers just flirt, like fuck this house. 
after this, the whole house was pretty much turned upside down. Like when the flower ladies returned again with Marie, um, the whole house was just in bits. Things were ripped off the walls, sheets torn off beds, and a bunch of papers were thrown off of a shelf. But when Marie went to like tidy them up, I guess like Madame Fowler picked up one and unfolded it and she found two drops of blood in the paper. And then obviously she wasn't going to clean up herself. So she said, Marie, get back in there. And clean yeah, up. yeah. And when Marie went back in a few minutes later, she found six more drops of blood. But the thing was like, you know, how it on the like, same sheet. I'm not sure if it was the same sheet, but like paper is absorbent. Right. All of these drops of blood were moist to the touch. Oh, gross. Yeah. yeah. Again, after this, they had like... Menses. A... Menses. <laughs> is the only answer. <laughs> maybe that's exactly it. Maybe you know what? Problem solved. Actually, that's maybe it. End of story. Your fucking like blank stare, random like fucking word generator mouth <laughs> was like actually foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah. So like the funny thing is... It's easy, like, as I was reading it, I was like, oh, that's a little bit, you know, maybe it was whoever fucked up the house. Yeah. Just cut themselves, like, yeah, on the broken sugar bowls or anything. Yeah. But the fact that, like, the drops were still wet, that was the weird thing. Yeah, that because is Because they had left the house yeah. empty and come back to this. Uh-huh. Anyway, again, like, very typical with other stories that we have read, like, the, the activity ebbs and flows. So, like, this was a particularly big event uh-huh. as it's ramping up and then it stops for a few days and then it all kicks off again on thursday the 30th of some month i can't even remember what month now <laughs> but each time the activity it ends in why yeah <laughs> <laughs> each time the activity occurred it would increase in intensity and around six in the evening on thursday old madame Fower saw her bed quote move along by itself in her room Oh, shit. Yeah. The old lady jumped up and her chair was like flipped over. Uh Now, she's 85, so I can't imagine she jumped up quick enough to flip her chair over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also Marie was there with her. They both witnessed this whole fucking thing. Yeah. About an hour or two after this, the three ladies had pieces of wood in the kitchen. I think like fall from like where they were fixed to the walls and ceiling. And they just started falling from the fucking ceiling and hitting them. Oh, shit. And they were like, again, fuck this. Right. Safety hazard. Right. Yeah. And like OSHA fucking everywhere. (laughs) This is why we have OSHA now. (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't get away with this haunting nowadays. Either way, they said, fuck this. And they went to go and stay with the neighbors. Okay. And the following day, they called someone in to help. So when there's something strange in the neighborhood, who are you going to call? Exorcist. The mayor of Objat. Why? Because who else? Like, oh, who else are you gonna fucking call? He is the main man. Like, okay, obviously. So because uh, we didn't have white pages back then, so he was the white pages. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, honestly, I don't know why they would call for the mayor. These ladies were kind of like, um, you know, like well respected, so probably were quite friendly with him anyway. Okay, and they were like, I'll call the mayor. Yeah, he'll stop this ghost. Right. He'll marry the fuck out of this ghost. Yeah. So they call him in and he gets there and he like, you know, gracefully full of disbelief. Okay. Thinking 
I'm assuming that he's like, oh, these little ladies living in their house all of by course. themselves. Like, oh, right. you know, prove them wrong. And They're probably hysterical. Yeah, exactly. It's their menses. Menarchy. It's like... What does that word mean? It's just another word for... Menses? Yeah. Really? I think it might actually mean like... Are, I, I, thought, I feel like you're saying monarchy wrong. That's no, what it sounds like. Hold on. Monarchy. Yeah. Sounds M-E-N. like monarchy. Yeah, it does. And so monarchy is actually the very first occurrence of menstruation. I was right. Weird. <laughs> what weird did I know that? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. weird, weird that there's a word for that and weird that you know that word. Well, now I was right and Marie has not had her monarchy. You're sleeping in the spare room. <laughs> just something's not sitting right with this knowledge that's sitting in you. I'm just a curious boy, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so the mayor of Object comes out and he's all like, oh, it's probably just a fucking open window that they forgot to close or some bullshit. Yeah, their tiny brains forgot about the windows. You know, the lady hands, it's hard to, you know, hinges and stuff. It's hard to handle big man things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> big man things. <laughs> so anyway, he's sitting there at the kitchen table being all like, oh, yeah, let's get to the bottom of this. Yeah, yeah. And he placed... Uh, plates on the table but there was a stove brush already there okay the stove brush was thrown from the kitchen table and into the fireplace whoa right in front of him and then as that happened the fire bellows that are on the fireplace were suddenly dragged across and then thrown onto the floor are fire bellows those things that you go like this yeah (laughs) yeah okay (laughs) cool those sound effects are not free by the way well now they have to fucking go get um (laughs) New fire brushes. New stove brush, new bellows. Yeah. But the thing was, particularly with the bellows, they were like, it was an intelligent movement because he, they avoided like the legs of the benches and stuff before they were thrown. So it's as if someone was like going up. up maneuvering up. in yeah, them? Yeah, like maneuvering it. Like, no shit. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. That is interesting. You'd be right, yeah. But I'm a fucking nerd. So anyway, when this happened, he ordered everyone out and as they were leaving... Marie gets hit on the back with a 16-inch long stick with considerable force. Like, I think enough to leave a mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a big stick, man. It's about that big, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So when he got back to Objet, he received another message asking him to go back to the house. Okay. La Constantini is the name of the the actual house. That's cute. But he gets asked to go back because, quote, Marie Pascarel had observed that a thick smoke issued from Madame Fowler's room. On entering the room, it was found that it came out of the bed of Madame Fowler. So she's not lactose intolerant. No, she's not lactose intolerant. That was a fart joke, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> they said there were no flames and no brazier. Madame Fowler even used the singular expression in her account of the episode. Quote, the fire went back into the bed. What? Yeah, so it was like a random burst of flame that I don't even think burnt the bed. That's fucking wild. That's like a like a bend of reality. Yeah, but get ready. Because a phenomenon of this kind had already been observed. Oh yeah? Marie Pascarel and the elder of the two ladies had sometimes noticed a thick smoke which seemed to issue from the old lady's skirts. <laughs> 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 I 
Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> Nowadays we have oat milk and almond milk. <laughs> That's why I wanted to tell this story. <laughs> uh, my ears are hot. <laughs> <laughs> so is this lady's underwear, apparently. <laughs> Oh, shit, man. <laughs> two days after this, they didn't go back to the house. But two days afterwards, Marie Pascarell left the service of the Fowler ladies without giving notice. And they went home. And that was it. That's it? That that was it. Like, they never had any trouble after that again, like yeah. paranormal ways. But poor Marie was blamed by everyone for everything. What? Like, and all possible circumstances like even the old lady's flatulence <laughs> yeah even the the smoky skirts no she like she was accused of faking the whole thing uh-huh. she was accused of not faking the whole thing but causing the whole thing yeah like staging and, it all yeah and ultimately like, what, what happened to her so thankfully not a whole lot i think she lived kind of in shame for a few months but soon picked up employment with another family or do, like what the family fired her no no she just left oh but i'm sure like the social fucking awkwardness caused her to leave you know what i mean okay like this was all written by like uppity la da type people so yeah like you, know. you should probably leave because of what everybody thinks of you yeah yeah okay i get it but um yeah so no that that's it that everything just ceased that's wild yeah so i think that's why they were trying to link it to the monarchy (laughs) marie's monarchy but in this particular account they couldn't even blame that you know what i mean because usually that's what like the big psychiatrists come in they're like well i think it's because this little girl was you know puberty and then they walk out and that's it but this time they were like oh well i guess not yeah so anyway moving on this next account was written by a madame bozalad Bozulad? I don't know. Really Americanize that. Madame Boussalad. It'd be a... Uh, Boussalade? Madame Boussalade. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You want that sweet tea, Madame Boussalade? Anyways. Um, how about those gas prices, huh? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, also, real quick before I start this, I was uh, sought out yesterday in work. I'm still, like... I don't really know how to feel about it, but I was the novelty of the place. Yeah. So I asked this guy to move out of my way and he realized that he was like, hi, you talk real funny. And uh, not in those exact words, but close enough. And I was like, yeah, I'm not from here. I'm from Ireland. Anyway. You should say I'm from Mars next yeah. time. They'll leave you alone. No, I, I was going to say like New York, just to, like. <laughs> <laughs> but uh no, he was like, hey, have you got an accent? And I was like, yeah, I'm from Ireland. Moving on, because I already didn't kind of like this guy. Anyway, he followed me into the room where I was working to tell me about his family's heritage. And I was like, oh, very good. And then he obviously spread the word that there was a, a foreign person in, in the hospital. Right. Because within 10 minutes, the main man, like the head guy from the fucking hospital renovation crew okay. came in. Just to see the Irish, or just to see the Scotsman, hmm. and then I was like, no, "I'm from Ireland." 
but yeah, it's thanks. a whole other island. Whole, whole other, yeah. And I was like, I wasn't even being like snotty or offended. I was just trying to get my fucking work done. Yeah. And this guy was just like, speak, do it, like do the thing, oh my do God. the thing where you talk, like basically. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? So anyway, on July first, nineteen fourteen. I left Paris for the vit- not me personally. This is my dad. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, this is a direct quote from the from the book. Madame Beausolard. This is a statement written by her and certified as correct by other members of the family. And her husband worked for the Ministry of France. I'll have you know. If if a madam is for a, a woman, what's the other one? Monsieur. That's what it is. Yeah. So Monsieur Beausolard. Beaus. Bouslad. Bouslad. I bet it's pronounced Bouslad. Bouslad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, back on track. On July 1st, 1914, <laughs> Madame Bouslad left Paris for the village of Vaudable in Auvergne with one of my cousins, her children, and my two little girls, aged nine and 12, respectively. We had rented a property in a beautiful situation, dominating. A rich valley. Love that. Jesus Christ. We use a vernacular nowadays. Yes. I do personally. (laughs) Love using the word situation. I'm going to have to. Yeah, you always do. That (laughs) that is a solid fucking set. Okay, look, we need to get on with this story. (laughs) Listeners, I am sorry. We had rented a property in a beautiful situation, dominating a rich valley. The house, built upon the remains of a feudal castle, had a ground floor with thick walls and solidly built vaults. Inhabited for a long time by the same family, it was full of old furniture and portraits. It was arranged as follows. <laughs> ground floor, library, drawing room and dining room. First floor, anteroom, furnished and hung with portraits, three bedrooms, one of them papered red, with a much larger one adjoining it and a smaller one with a single mahogany bed, empire style. Second floor, my two rooms and two others occupied by servants. What's an ante room? Uh, I think it's just like a room before you go into another room. Oh, honestly, weird. It's like a is it like a waiting room? Maybe it's like a sitting it's, room, but before there was TVs. It's like an inside out room. Yeah, an ante room. It's yeah. just outside. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> outside is ante room. The garden. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it was like um, you know, if you had a suite. Like okay. you would have oh, your bedroom like and then the this foyer. would be, yeah, well, or like kind the of. sitting room, but because you couldn't point your furniture at a TV, I guess. Okay. The I'll, month, I'll accept it. Yeah. Thanks. The month of July passed by undisturbed. August brought the anxieties of the war. And on the 1st of September, my sister arrived from threatened Paris, accompanied by her son, aged 19, a tall and strong lad. They had barely recovered from the fatigue of their long and comfortless journey when the phenomena commenced, which are the subject of this letter. On September 7th, about 8.30pm, as we were assembled in the red room of the first floor inhabited by my sister, we heard the bell ring in the anteroom. Nobody had pulled the cord of that bell, which was under our eyes. Which I think is a translation, which means they're looking at it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like... Is that a saying in English? It's just fucking weird, like right under my very eyes. Well, I guess nowadays we say under our nose. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess. On September 8th, more ringing, repeated several times at the same hour. Then a portrait fell on my nephew's head in the anteroom. Take that, nephew. (laughs) 
We put the nail and the picture back in their places. The next morning, September 9th, a sword from a panoply fixed in the library wall on the ground floor was found on the floor without its scabbard, while the nails which held it on the wall were intact. Now, I will say, thanks to our friend Kirsten, it's actually quite hard to take a sword out of its scabbard. Yeah, it is. So that's significant. In the evening, the bell on the first floor started ringing again, and the picture fell at the same hour as before. The nephew knew not to stand there this time. <laughs> He's wise to the ghost. Yeah. Nothing on the 10th. Okay. On the 11th, frequent ringing between 9 and 9.30. Much annoyed, we put paper into the bell. The paper fell out, and the ringing commenced. Good. <laughs> I then asked my nephew to pull down the intolerable bell, and he did so with some difficulty. Bearing in mind, they did just rent this property. <laughs> just yeah, like they're not going to get their the deposit walls, yeah. back. A moment afterwards, one of the portraits in the anteroom was violently agitated and pendulated to and fro. On the 12th, the pictures in the dining room were found awry. At 7pm, a copper flower pot placed on a staircase window sill came down the stairs on its base step by step and Whoa. only stopped on the ground floor. Yeah. That's wild. I know, right? Who Damn. makes copper flower pots? That's some Beauty and the Beast shit. Yeah, literally. That's yeah. and I know it's in France, but like, and it's in France. And it's in France. That's the last three stories have all reminded me of this shit. Like that's what when the bed anyway, put back in its place, it descended again. Yeah, it said no, yeah. bitch. No, I'm on the ground floor today. I'm down Linda. here with y'all. Listen, Madame, Bozo, whatever. Boost the lad. <laughs> Boost lad. <laughs> on the thirteenth, as I was, as I was going to enter my room on the second floor about seven p.m., I found, to my consternation, that the door was double locked from within, the key being inside. It was a, it was the same, it was the same with the door of the passage admitting to the second room. I could therefore not get in. The locks were afterwards picked and the rooms opened. That same evening, as we were all in the library with two visitors, we saw a portrait detach itself from the wall and fall into the middle of the room. The nail remained in the wall and the cord was unbroken. We went up to see our rooms. Behind us, a trunk fell from the top of a chest and a door was locked. The key, which had been hidden by my sister in a drawer only known to herself, had disappeared. On the 14th, a big fire was spontaneously lighted in the fireplace of the drawing room. A picture in the anteroom was thrown over the head of the chambermaid. Its nail was in the wall and its cord was intact. As we sat down to the table in the evening, we saw the cord of the dining room bell move downwards and the bell start ringing. In the library, under our eyes, a picture fell, torn down from the wall with the nails which held it. Whoa. Like it this is really intense. And for some reason, like out of all of that stuff, like spontaneously lighted fire, at least it was in the fireplace, but the bell in the fucking Yeah. Room, like just right in front of them. Mm-hmm. Like balls out, just like ding 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 ding. The fact that it was able to rip the nails off the wall. Yeah. And they're like gets me. We checked the cord on the back and it was fine. Like someone just fucked it at the yeah. maid's head, like I'm mm-hmm. sure. You know what I mean? Fun fact, my uncle's house used to have the servants' bells in it when they moved in. Kept it for a long time. Which uncle? Uh, Ronnie. Oh, for real? In Graceland, yep. On the morning of the 15th, 
My cousin was locked into her room as in a prison. The keys of the door had disappeared and we looked for them in vain. The locksmith came and the keys, so laboriously sought, were found in a very obvious place. From this day on, our keys always remain in our possession and we lock our rooms on going away to avoid any new tricks. And yet, every evening, my cousin, my sister and my nephew find in their beds on retiring some object. Turnips, pincers, plates, thistles and even a bust of the former owner of the house. What the fuck? <laughs> Big ass fucking statue. <laughs> like, how freaked out would you be to yeah. walk in and that's in your fucking bed? Yeah. You'd think it was somebody like, like, oh, thank God, no, it's just the top half. <laughs> <laughs> On the 16th, the copper flower pot went up to the first floor. <laughs> no shit. The sword fell to the ground outside its scabbard. And on the 17th, a plate hidden in my nephew's bed and then placed on a piece of furniture was violently thrown on the ground when from another piece of furniture opposite, a candlestick was thrown. On the 19th, I left with my children for Bordeaux, where my husband was, glad to leave that inhospitable house. But my departure did not stop the course of those pleasantries, which continued in my absence. On the 20th, my nephew, when about to go asleep, felt himself lifted with his mahogany bed almost vertically upwards by an invisible force. My sister and cousin who came on hearing him shout witnessed the occurrence. In the face of these phenomena, as strange as they were troublesome, our departure for Paris was decided upon. Then the phenomena multiplied. The bust of the former owner was found in the bed of the red room, its head on the pillow and the bedclothes tucked in around his chin. Whoa. Afterwards, it was found in my nephew's bed. What the fuck? A copper flower pot placed in the anteroom made a prodigious bound and fell back in the middle of the stairs. Replaced on the windowsill, it went down the steps as it did before under the eyes of those present. That's so wild. An earthenware pot bounded across the stable yard and broke into pieces on the dining room table. Passing through the open window. Fucking hell. So they're literally being attacked from the outside. Nowhere is safe. On the 24th. The day of departure. The fallen pictures were replaced. They fell again. The furniture of the drawing room. Where nothing had happened yet. Was upset. (laughs) Poor thing. uh... (laughs) It was picked up. But fell again. The same thing happened in the second floor room. The case of the clock on the mantelpiece opened of its own accord. None of the chairs remained standing. Sitting sitting around the dining room table for the last meal, they all saw the table shake, rise up and move in the direction of my sister. Whoa. On returning to Paris, my sister, cousin and nephew recovered the peace which I myself enjoyed at, at Bordeaux. And we forgot the fantastic events which I had witnessed. How do you forget that? Yeah. In the course of December, I returned to Paris with my husband and my children. On the 17th of that month, we were assembled at my cousin's for a family dinner on the eve of my nephew's departure for the army. We were hardly seated around the table when it began to move and rise up. The wood gave continual raps. We questioned the table. (laughs) (laughs) Did you know? Table, what is this? We questioned the table. One rap for yes, two raps for no. 
but the replies were ridiculous and incoherent. <laughs> He's drunk. <laughs> yeah. Go home, table. <laughs> Go home, table. <laughs> You good? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we finished our meal with difficulty. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The table's like going, bouncing up and down and shit. They're trying to just eat their mashed potatoes, the frog's legs. Oh, shit. <laughs> Table behave. <laughs> <laughs> but like, who was it? Maybe they're like, if we just ignore it, it'll stop. <laughs> Past the beans. I'm gonna have to cut this. Stop! <laughs> Stop giving me visuals. <laughs> Sorry, I'm over here like gesticulating, uh, oh my upsetting God. this brilliant flow that we have going. Uh, okay, I think I'm done. Okay, I'm going to go back a little bit. We were hardly seated round the table when it began to move and rise up. The wood gave continual raps. We questioned the table. One rap for yes, two raps for no, but the replies were ridiculous and incoherent. <laughs> we finished our meal with difficulty. <laughs> We finished. <laughs> I think the part that gets me is the responses were incoherent. Yeah. <laughs> You're being absurd. <laughs> again we finished our meal with difficulty during the evening three electric bells sounded of their own accord next morning there was another meeting in my house for lunch the table simply bounded as soon as we sat down and was even more agitated than the night before so that it required all our forces to keep it down Jesus Christ. in the drawing room after the meal a bronze flower pot left its support under our eyes and threw itself three times into the middle of the room. An armchair was also thrown on the ground three times. On leaving, the guests had to look a long time for their hats, which were eventually found on the beds or behind the furniture. What a dick. <laughs> My cousin left, and peace reigned once more. On her return an hour afterwards, the table moved again, and objects were thrown across the room. Again, everything ceased on her departure. Under these circumstances, my nephew left for the army. He was killed in May 1915. And since then, we have had no phenomena of this kind to record. Huh. So, obviously, that poor young fella, that poor young man being sent off, like he was only 19. But do you think it was the fear of the mother 
that brought about all the stuff. Oh, you mean like her anxiety? Even, yeah, because it wasn't even his presence that brought it up. It was the yeah. presence of the mom. I mean, it's possible. I mean, women are very powerful. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, I'm going to bring us back up to more modern times next week. I just, they were two stories that I couldn't. No, yeah, I'm glad. Not include. I'm yeah, glad I, you did. I had, I was like reading these in the gym. I was like, this is fucking hilarious. <laughs> I am, I, I am going to ask our artistic listeners, if you can, let us know what the, what your interpretation of the smoking skirts would be. Okay. Your artistic interpretation. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, I want to see this old lady with smoke emanating yeah. from her skirts. And also the disgruntled table. Yes. I feel like that needs to be drawn. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, please send your submissions to Weekly Creep on Instagram. And yeah, that's it, guys. I'm, uh, I am tired, but I really fucking enjoyed these stories. And I, I'm not going to allow myself to read any more of that book. Because I feel like the more I read, the more I'm just going to keep fucking picking stories picking out of stories. it. So I will fall back on it in the future. But for next week, I will hopefully have a very juicy fucking series started. And I think you're all going to enjoy it. Sick. And I'm putting the pressure on myself now. I might have to quit my job to do it, but fuck it. Yeah, fuck it. We're here now. YOLO. Yeah. So yeah, hope everybody's doing well. Thanks to the people who have reached out to us lately because we always love to hear from you guys. And... We've had some really interesting DMs lately. It's been it's been real. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's it. Till next week. Follow us on Instagram. If you haven't, please, please, please rate, review us on Spotify, on iTunes, wherever you listen. We know most of our people listen on both of those. So please give us an L rating. Follow us on Instagram. If you want, you can follow us on Facebook. But... We we're not on it. Facebook. Yeah, we're kind of not. I might yeah. just do away with that. Yeah. And that that's it. That's that's everything. That's us. Okay. Okay, bye. Bye. But the replies were ridiculous and incoherent. <laughs> <laughs> He's drunk. <laughs> yeah. Go home, table. <laughs> <laughs> Go home, table. <laughs>